0: You are listening to the No Formula Podcast, episode number 28. May Hori is the founder of Chocolata Bakery and Sweet Stuff, desserts and branded sweet tables for corporate events. With 10 years of experience, she's been featured in Pretty My Party, Elegant Wedding, Bride and Groom Canada, and received the Fearless Business Owner Award. In this episode, May reveals how she got into baking and how baking was her form of meditation. Check out her website, Chocolata.ca, for your dessert needs. In the meantime, keep listening to hear when May started making a profit in her business, how she differentiates her services, and how being let go from her full-time job was just the push she needed to do her business full-time.
1: The No Formula podcast offers a glimpse into the lives of real entrepreneurs who possess a variety of experiences and backgrounds. Through raw conversations, learn about their passions, journeys, setbacks, and milestones. Join host Laura L. Bernhardt as she confirms that there is, in fact, no formula to success. Get inspired and stay motivated throughout your entire journey. Subscribe today.
0: Hi, May, Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I actually reached out to May on LinkedIn because I saw in her description that you created treats, chocolate treats. And I was like, um, I need to know more about this woman and what she does. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) Right now you are, you create treats for corporate events. But how what were you doing
2: before you became an entrepreneur? Um, so I was in, I actually graduated from hotel restaurant management Mm -hmm. um, back a long time ago. It's awful. (laughs) Um, because the program has changed dr- like drastically now. Um, so I studied hotel restaurant management. I didn't want to get into hotels, uh, I mean, to restaurants, but I started doing hotel sales. So I worked in hotels for a long time. I did sales for a long time with hotels. And um, then I decided to kind of switch over and do something completely different, but still in sales. Um, I went into shipping for 10 years. What do you mean so by shipping? Shipping. So I worked for a company um, that shipped mail, uh, mail pieces uh, for companies within Canada, but taking it and shipping it internationally. So Canada Post has a monopoly of Canadian mail. So we did international mail. So I had to go out and find uh, companies that did mass mailings and things like that. So magazines, uh, invoicing, you know, small packages, things like that. Okay, So yes, cool. I did that for ten years. Yeah. So then, how did you how did you get into baking? Um, I like desserts. I've always liked desserts, <laughs> so that's a given. I've always uh, I've baked, but not tremendously. Like I've baked here and there. Uh, and then when I was on mat leave with my third uh, child, is when I started uh, really taking a liking to baking. Um, my sister-in-law sent me a blog post about cake pops uh and it was something new that nobody knew about and uh, I started making them and they were pretty easy for me to make um and then from then on I was like hey I could sell this so when I was on Matt leave that's when I started and
0: how did how did you decide to to service corporate events like how did that come about
2: um I was actually when I first started I was uh I was like I two corporate companies actually reached out to me to make kick pops for them. So that's where it kind of started where I was like, okay, this is something that corporate um, companies would probably want on a regular basis. Uh, so the first one I did was like H and R block. So we oh, did, nice. uh, yeah, we did kick pops and with their tags and everything we gave them during tax season when they were going out. Um, I guess promoting themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I did another event. Uh, it was a com- media company called C3 Events, and they wanted a thousand cake pops for an event that they had for their corporate client. Yeah, it was a lot awesome. of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you make them yourself, right? Yeah, I make them myself. So. Oh, my God. So a thousand of them by yourself? All by myself. Yeah, it was tough. Oh, my
0: that God. That was hard.
2: Great. Holy crap. That was hard. How long hard, did yeah. it take you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, that one, I think, took me almost a week. <sighs> yeah
0: oh my god like you have to pump out like
2: a hundred a hundred a day minimum Oh yeah yeah. i had to really focus on um scheduling myself properly during that week like when to bake when to roll when to dip in chocolate when to bag them like it was yeah i, oh I think i gosh. stayed up till three in the morning the last day oh <sighs>
0: yeah to make sure everything was perfect that makes sense yeah, yeah. and okay so they found you and they reached out to you but at this point that means you must have had some kind of
2: website facebook yeah well actually so yes i had uh, a website it was really badly done it was like <laughs> blogger okay if anybody remembers blogger like back in the day that's what i had and uh, that's how they reached out to me and um and then i started a facebook page yeah but that was really slow because not everybody used facebook back then so okay so we're talking over we're talking 10 years. Been, ago. Yeah. Two, yeah three, yeah <laughs> 2011 yes yeah that long ago yeah
0: yeah but that that that's awesome because that means you're you're still doing it and it's over you know like people say oh when you start a business you have three years to see if
2: it works and you've been doing it for almost 10 right so so I was lucky because while I was doing my side business I had a full-time job so that covered um, a lot of the expenses that covered you know my you know mortgage my everything so that my full-time job allowed me to pursue my um, side business and uh yeah it took me 2015 I was 2015 I was let go and uh that's when I started full-time oh you were let go yeah I was let go so um after the shipping company I actually worked for another company for a year for Mm -hmm. a water company um and they after a year they let me go because I wasn't um performing to their really orders, basically yeah so yeah and that's when you decided
0: okay it's time i'm gonna do my own thing oh
2: yeah well that's the thing so for that year i was there at that mm-hmm. company that just made me push me that much harder to do more of my side business so i feel bad like i know i wasn't really concentrating on my full-time job because i was really trying to push my my uh my business oh okay yeah. And then I wasn't doing the numbers, so they let me go. But the business, that company wasn't really nice to a lot of the employees. So a lot of okay. the employees left, they let go a lot of people. And yeah, so. Okay, so you that don't, was really, you don't feel that bad. No, I don't feel <laughs> that at all. Trust me. Um, I think within the first couple of months being there, I saw how that company worked. And I knew that wasn't it wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. But you, okay, so this actually, this whole
0: um kind of story I guess brings about my next question which is do you think it's possible to to have your full-time job and grow your side business without your full-time job like suffering absolutely
2: yeah yeah Yeah, I did it with the other job so oh okay okay yeah yeah I did it with the other job so it was okay yeah okay so
0: then okay wow I didn't know that part so you were let go you start your full-time business so how is that how was that shift um because now you like, have to start making your own schedules you have yes. to you have to make sure there's income like how is that how's that shift for you
2: well and that's the thing right so when you're full-time working on your side business you really have to make sure that once your side business becomes um where you're able to bring in that income and it mm. covers your full-time income that's when you know you can go so um, how long how long did it take you to to get to that level um so when i started 2011 so 2015 is when i um was able to become full time after they let me go so i was able to okay yeah,
0: yeah and if you don't mind me asking you from 2011 how how long did it take for that for your side business to become profitable like that extra source of revenue
2: uh i think 2014 um, okay so it took to make, a few years yeah, yeah okay yeah okay that makes sense and well, they tell you right five years um, yeah expected com- like within five years three to five years you're able to you know make an income out of your business
0: yeah and you did that on the side too like yeah, they, okay. i think they say that for full-time businesses that's true yeah right so you were able yeah. to do it part-time And so going back to your, to your business and, and serving events and stuff, can you tell us more about the experiences that you've worked
2: with, with bigger companies? With corporate companies? Yeah. Yeah. um, I actually like working with corporate companies. They, um, they know what they want. They have a budget. Mm -hmm. uh, They give you everything. um, You know, they lay everything out exactly what they want and they tell you to, um, you know service them basically to give them exactly what they want and it's uh it's easier than doing weddings it's easier than doing uh, birthday parties and social events because um, you're working with smaller budgets and you're working with okay you're working with people that have a certain budget and they want mm-hmm. it done a certain way and they're more meticulous and they're more pickier
1: mm-hmm. and so they
2: don't allow you to be more creative so with and they're more stressed they're more stressed (laughs) and they want to make sure they're calling you all the time are you sure it's going to be working you know are you sure it's going to make it look nice Mm -hmm. are you going to share so with corporate companies they let you do your thing they let you be creative and they're so happy in the end with what you come back with so
0: i like that you chose your market and you chose one that worked for you Mm -hmm. which i think is very important especially in smaller businesses and you're doing them all by yourself
2: yes i do
0: everything by myself oh my gosh you must have a limit on how many how many cake pops you can make a week?
2: <laughs> um, I'm a lot faster now, so I think okay. I can pull out more than a thousand, but um, I, but I'm doing like cupcakes now. I do cakes. I do everything. So, I mean, I do have to have a schedule of how I uh, bake things. So, like, you yeah. know, I start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday type deals. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I'm thinking of the logistics, if you don't mind going into that more. Yeah, Sure. You have, let's say you have three clients. They have events. I guess you go to these events to set up too, right?
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So you go up to, you go to these events, you set up, that obviously takes a lot of time. You have to actually make the treats mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of time. So what does a week or maybe a day in the life of May look like?
2: Um, okay. So a lot of, okay. So corporate events take place during the week. And then I have a mm-hmm. lot of events that happen during the weekend, Uh, so basically it's scheduling myself properly during the week. Um, so I know what I can make two days, three days in advance. And I know what I can make on the day. Um, everything, everything has a perishable date, I guess you could say. So (laughs) cupcakes has to be made on the day of cake pops. You can make a week before macarons. You can make a few days before. So, I mean, it's, um, it's really scheduling all the items properly during the week. Mm -hmm. making sure I have all of my fillings and all that stuff done way ahead of time so that when it comes to like frosting your cupcakes everything is prepared yeah and then I do sweet tables as well so I have to pack all my stuff accordingly to the theme or the event so I have all these boxes everything everything's packed um and then yeah off I go and I deliver and I set up and I go back and pick it up
0: Oh, you don't stay there. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. No. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about like the packaging because you have to bring, you have to transport all that stuff there.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So now I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about being an entrepreneur. In your opinion, what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur?
2: Uh, Working from home and balancing work life. Really? Yeah. yeah. Can you go into more detail? Well, because my kitchen is based out of my house. Okay. And everything is at home. Uh, When the kids were younger, it was a bit harder to keep them separate. Um, I had to make sure that I did everything when they were sleeping or to make sure that my husband took them uh, for the day, like on the weekends away. Um, Now it's better just because they're older and they understand, you know, my boundaries, you know, don't come into the kitchen, you know, while I'm working Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um but it, and it's also because I do everything, I work late. Mm. So I can pull like an all nighter and not see my kids. So that's the hard part. So at
0: any point in your entrepreneurial journey, did you ever feel like you wanted to quit? No, never. Never? Never.
2: I don't want to go back and work for someone else.
0: That's that's what it is, right? Yeah. Is your husband also an entrepreneur?
2: Um yes and no. He oh okay, works, yeah, it's weird. He also works full time, but it also has a side business. Mm-hmm. Uh, he teaches martial arts, so he um, keeps he he's really good at keeping them both separate. His martial arts uh, studio is at night and on weekends, and then he works full time during the day, so it's easy for him to keep everything separate. So,
0: yeah, but I think it's also helpful that both of you share that entrepreneurial bond.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. help he's, you guys get through he'll never he'll never do his uh business full time oh no oh never no
0: because he just doesn't want to he likes uh maybe he likes his he
2: likes his job he likes his ability he likes everything about it so he will not yeah he likes the fact that he has something on the side to go to as well so Mm -hmm. yeah oh
0: that's very interesting yeah
2: yeah i know it's weird (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah well no it's just uncommon right because yeah. you hear people are like, Yeah, I can't wait to, you know, leave my full time job and and go at this full time. But no, it's a very interesting no. perspective. Yeah, Tell them to yeah. come on. Come on. We can all chat. No. <laughs> 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 okay. Just if you don't mind me asking, how do you get most of your clients?
2: Um, a lot of it is actually a referral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, a lot of my clients refer me to their friends, family, to other clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of um, social media helps a lot as well, and uh, doing collaborations with other vendors, so they refer me to other clients.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. Wait. So, how does that work? Like, you guys both offer something to an event or a client
2: yeah so I work with different vendors balloons um you know a wedding shop or like you know other a caterer or anything like that so they'll refer me because they don't do what I do so Mm -hmm. they'll refer me to a client oh okay that's and vice versa so we we refer our services to each other
0: oh that's so nice that everybody in the community kind of helps each other
2: yeah it's nice
0: it's not usually like that for all entrepreneurs
2: (laughs) no it's not well like we have our own competitors um Mm -hmm and yeah so it's it's better to work to cross uh sell or cross i guess collaborate mm-hmm. than to collaborate with someone that's doing what you do like don't get me wrong like in our baking community we we do refer each other business if we're busy um but you see a lot of them that are more competitive than others oh, okay
0: and i guess that's how you got featured in like um elegant wedding bride and groom canada
2: yeah so we do a lot of collaborate like a collaboration and shoots and styled shoots so Mm -hmm. we bring in all our services and then we basically um, put everything together get it uh, photographed and then we get we send them off to get it featured that way you get um, SEO backlinks things like that so yeah
0: oh that's very cool yeah so I guess you you find them through your vendors because for anyone listening they're probably like
2: well how do I get in these magazines or on these websites so do you have it's a lot of networking a lot of you know um emailing you know different vendors that you like that you see on instagram or on facebook that you like what they do and you want to work with them
0: okay so you so you do a lot of outreach
2: yeah we do yeah both of us actually yeah yeah so other vendors uh an event stylist will contact me um mm-hmm. and be like i like what you do so you know i'm putting on a styled shoot these are some of the vendors with me would you like to come on board
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah. And do you have any, any tips for people to get their brand exposed to
2: some vendors that they like other than emailing? Um, reaching out through Instagram, being um, being very social, I guess. Uh, that's the word. So honestly, it's, it's to reach out to these vendors and really be honest and open with them and say, I like what you do. This is what I do. And I'd like to collaborate with you.
0: So just very genuine. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I really, I'm still hanging over like how helpful the community is with each other.
1: Yeah, <laughs> usually I'm interviewing. What can I do personally? What can I do differently to support you? Mm-hmm. It's gotta, it's gotta be so because you don't, you don't want to wind up with you know people asking for all sorts of resources and you don't have a budget to do that. Yeah, but yeah. What you do have have control over is um you your time your behaviors you know how you support individuals
0: so it's very much making sure you're asking for feedback about yourself because that's Mm -hmm. what you have control over
1: right exactly and here's the here's the key is that um when you get the feedback you thank them you don't get defensive and then you do something with that feedback if mm-hmm. if they, if you if you keep asking for feedback and you're not doing anything with it they're going to they're going to shut down they're going to stop giving you feedback because you're not doing anything with it
0: yeah because they're going to notice
1: yes hmm
0: Yeah, sorry. I was just taking it all in there. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a class and I'm just learning. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Okay. So, if we move on to the fourth tip, uh, you said it was to practice gratitude by praise and recognition.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, to me, how how is this?
0: allowing a leader to grow?
1: Ooh, well, well I'll tell you, um, praise and recognition is, is something that doesn't, for, for a lot of leaders, doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot easier to provide feedback of um what you could be doing differently than uh, praise and recognition, and um there's there was research done i don't know how long ago um, I just remember the the actual uh numbers, but your brain is likes rewards obviously more than punishment mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes yes, so um if you are not providing five times more praise than feedback, the individual is only gonna remember the feedback and not the praise. That's a lot. It is a lot, it's a whole lot. And, and so when I, when I work with leaders, I, I tell them, listen, your goal is, is for three to one, not five to one, because five to one is just such a, a stretch. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing is um, leaders generally think that praise and recognition should come when somebody does something extraordinary. Well, mm. that's not the point of praise and recognition. What you should be doing is you want to reinforce those things that they're doing well at. Not extraordinary, but well at. Because you want, you want to see more of that behavior. So it's, it's not about that, that super big project that they finished, but it's how they uh, interact with um, a customer over the phone and And how they you know um, are able to resolve the customer's problem quickly, you want them to be doing more of that. A lot yeah. of leaders think, well, that's what I'm paying them to do. Why should I have to tell them and praise them for that? because you want them to do more of it it's 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 kind of like parenting <laughs> If you think about little kids, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're going to praise them for, you know, taking those first steps, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what a kid does. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. Right? They want, but, but that doesn't mean you don't praise them because yeah. you want them to do more of it. And yeah. I feel
0: like this is, even more difficult now that people are working remotely do you have tips on how leaders can you know praise and recognize their employees even when they're not in the same building anymore
1: that yeah that that uh, obviously um our our virtual environment today is makes a lot of things um more difficult Mm -hmm. uh so you know that's when leaders really need to um, to be more involved with like the Zoom meetings and um, conference calls and things like that, and being able to listen to what people are saying because you can't you can't really see what they're doing. Yeah. But, but you you know it's it's what are they saying and what are they accomplishing um and engaging them in the convers in in what they're doing. So um example would be if um you know a salesperson um had just landed uh a new client mm-hmm. then on on the the zoom call you highlight that salesperson we all know that that he or she got got the deal, but then get curious and say, "Gee, tell us how you did that," because because it was such a such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I want other people to know how you did that. So that's recognizing, and then allowing them to share um, how you know their their um, success. So this is done in front of other employees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's way more difficult now just to keep up with communication, but going back to, you know, any corporate environment, whether it's remote or not, I want to address the last leadership growth tip. And that is to focus on what you can control and influence. So to me, like, this does not include, like, revenue, right? Which is super important for a lot of businesses. So can you go into more detail about what you mean by control and influence?
1: Okay. So um, it, it is, well, there's two levels. There's control first, and then there's influence. Mm-hmm. So The the things that you let's 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 take, for instance, um, the situation that we're in today globally. Right. Um, What can we control? We can control our thoughts. Our behaviors. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our actions. All of those things we can control. What can we influence? We can influence um, others' behaviors and actions depending on, on the relationship, right? Um, yeah. The, the point of this last tip is that if you spend your time in the worry world of worrying about stuff that you can't control or influence, it's a waste of time. So like worrying about revenue right if you have no if if you're not in sales and and you can't control or influence revenue then don't worry about it because because you you can't control or influence it it's it's like uh, me worrying about um whether or not i can um go on my next vacation mm-hmm well, you know what? I have no control or influence over that right now. I'd love to hop on a plane and, you know, go to Europe. It's not happening. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not sitting around worrying and, and commiserating that I can't do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm focused on, on what I can control.
0: And I think that's good advice for anybody no matter what position you're in.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So Beth, before we finish this interview, I have a couple of questions. A couple of questions I want to ask you. So the name of this podcast is the no formula podcast, because there is no single formula to success. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is a formula to becoming a leader?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. That's an excellent question. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Even though it's a closed ended question, it's still a really good question. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Beth, just a little jab in there, but it's really good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't think there's any set formula. You know, there you know there's so many books out there of of great leaders and you know they all had different personalities and different strengths um i think you know the the one thing that that great leaders do well at is is they know how to put great teams together Hmm. they know what their strengths and their weaknesses are, and they surround themselves with, with people that fill, fill their, the gaps of their weaknesses.
0: Yeah. And that's absolutely necessary to build and grow. Yeah. Exactly. And finally, I want to ask you if there's one thing that you want the audience to take away from this interview, what, what would it be?
1: Um, That if if you want to be a great leader, I would, and you're not yet, okay, um, I would focus on um, building your emotional intelligence and um, giving yourself the opportunity to get into leadership positions in the community and volunteer work. I mean, that's, that's where I got a lot of, of my, um, early leadership opportunities was, um, on, in nonprofits on nonprofit mm-hmm. boards. And, um, it's a great learning opportunity that, you know, there's, there's no risk there. You can, you can make a lot of mistakes when you're, you know, working for, for a nonprofit on a board, um, where, because you're not getting paid (laughs) where, you you know, you can learn there and then, and then take it back, um, to your work. That's awesome. So, so two things, emotional intelligence and then, uh, community work, um, with nonprofits.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, you actually mentioned something that I can probably ask you 10 questions about, and I'll tell you what it is. You said, if you were a leader, and then you said, actually, if you're not a good leader yet, mm-hmm. and I would love to know your opinion on, I'm sure that you've met people who thought they were a good leader.
1: Yeah. Uh- and <laughs> <laughs> weren't, <it> weren't yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in part, in part of it, I mean, it's, some of it is is just understanding what leadership is. And there's, mm-hmm. it, you know, a lot of people believe it's about managing and it's not. Uh, managing is really about process and, and making sure that processes and operations run smoothly through people, but you have to lead those people in a way that they will then um, do the process properly and and um, do the projects properly so uh, leaders leaders can improve definitely it's just it gets back to to my um, example of, of the woman who who rose up to directly to uh, reporting to the CEO. Mm-hmm. She was very goal oriented and um, she was willing to do the heavy left lifting and she's become a phenomenal leader. She was an okay leader before.
0: But she also admitted that she needed help.
1: Yes, you're right. She was self-aware enough, um, which is part of emotional intelligence is, mm-hmm. is, is, is having that self-awareness. And yeah, she, she clearly knew um, that, um, how she was operating was going to hold her back from, from future promotions and, and that she wasn't, she wasn't okay with that. Yeah. is Some people will say, well, that's fine. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay. With who I am. And I will just be in this position for as long as they will have me. Is there a
0: question or two that people can ask themselves to kind of self-audit their leadership so that they're at least aware that maybe they should seek coaching or at least be aware that they can improve?
1: Um, oh, wow. Wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, well, I, one question they could ask themselves is, um, how, how do my employees... Feel about my leadership. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, and, and then the follow on question is, how do I know that? So if, if I so if I um, answer that, oh, they, they think, you know, that I hung the moon, or <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> and, well, where's the data from? for that, right? How, how can I, how can I prove that that is a, a correct assumption? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, now the way that, that I do it when, um, when I'm going into, to coach is, we'll run 360 assessments. And so the leader will, will get feedback from his or her manager, are her peers uh direct reports collaborators um and even if it's a larger organization skip reports so like the, the, her manager's manager mm-hmm. and um and that will give a lot of information to the individual as to how good a leader they really are
0: yeah and that'll that'll solidify if the answer to the first question is correct is what do my employees think of my leadership?
1: Right, Right.
0: Yeah. exactly. Okay, that's awesome. Well, Beth, thank you so much for this. I've learned so much, I took so many notes. <laughs> but thank you so much um, and we'll definitely keep in touch.
1: Yes, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a, a great conversation. Thank you. Before ending this episode, I want to
0: summarize Beth's leadership growth tips. I personally think they are helpful for anyone working in a professional environment, so let's just jump right into them. 1. Ask good questions that elicit self-reflection. These questions usually start with how or what. 2. Active listening is when you clear your mind of all judgment. Practice active listening by writing your thoughts down, echoing back what you heard, and getting comfortable with silence. Three, ask for feedback. Then thank them for the feedback and take action. Four, practice gratitude by praise and recognition. The ratio is three times more praise than feedback. And five, focus on what you can control and influence. Examples include thoughts, behaviors, and actions. Thanks for listening, everyone.